0: realize that maybe you've been skating skating on the surface of somebody's art and and realizing you're missing so much that you're going to have to stop and reinvest and and like take your ego out of the equation not like ego like this big monster but just like this little voice about you me 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 and just really engage with somebody else's perspective and really just let go of yourself and really just give yourself over to somebody else's story to to hear what they have to say and what their perspective is about the world.
1: Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt episode 43. I'm Leslie Shannon and I'm Elise Siebert. Today we are talking to some of the finalists of the Kotra film series. And we are fancy today. If you would like to watch us, this episode is filmed and on YouTube. You can find a link on our website at www.nothingshineslikedirt.com. A special thanks to Jeff George and
2: WeWork for providing a location, and Josh Eckenbaum for capturing the event on camera.
1: Today we are sitting with a finalist of the Catra film series.
2: The grand finale takes place on February 6th at the Alamo Draft House in
1: Brooklyn, New York. All right, so we're gonna go around and we're gonna meet our filmmakers. Um, we're gonna start on this end. I would love for you to introduce yourself and your film and what your role was in that film.
3: So, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Daniel Burry. Uh My film is Ola Kitty. I was a director, DP, and editor.
0: Uh, I'm uh, Isabel Ellison. Uh, My film was called For Marta. Uh, I was the writer, the lead actor,
4: and the producer. My name is Adriana Jones. My film was called Death of a Vacuum, and I was the writer, lead actress, and co-producer.
2: Wonderful. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. We really enjoyed your films. Um, And we'd love to talk about what kind of inspired these stories like were were there were
1: there reasons why you had to tell these specific stories
4: and anyone can
2: and
1: anyone can speak whenever just as long as you don't all do it at the same time
4: (laughs) i mean mine was very very loosely based on some real events and i kind of wanted to take uh what would usually be sort of dramatic material and that i could have been very angsty about and put a comedic twist on it and kind of just lean into the absurdity of some stuff that may or may not have happened
2: what, um, why don't you give a little bit of the
4: plot point of your film? Yeah, I have a question about and that was kind of big. Um, so <laughs> um, Death of a Vacuum, it's a family comedy about a divorce. Um, and it does have a, a dead vacuum in it, um, which is based on a real-life vacuum. Um, <laughs>
2: Was this because something that I think is really interesting too is when, when people think of divorce affecting children, they think of very young children. But yeah. but I've had several friends who are adults and it affects them just as much. And that was the great thing I thought about your film is it like you're still stuck between your mom and your dad in a way that a child can be.
4: Yeah, I wonder if you're only child, you're kind of like the third person in your parents' relationship.
2: It's <laughs> a <laughs> so weird dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> This is really funny. Well, great. Uh,
0: Yeah, again, uh, making art out of uh, uh, real life. Um, So For Marta uh, is about um, a young woman named Marta uh, whose sister commits suicide. And then we follow her and um, uh, the ex-boyfriend of the girl who committed suicide through the next 24 hours. Um, after the suicide. So I wanted it to be a really, um, just sort of like the, an everyday exploration of grief, um, is that's a really weird headspace to be in, that, like, right after something, and to try and explore the complexity of it. Um, you know, looking at um, stories about suicide it seemed to be very, um, oh, I don't know, like one-sided or very... De- Depressing. I mean, this is a very depressing film, but um, to, to try and find the, the, the other qualities of that moment—not just the loss, but the anger, the regret, the relief, the joy of it—in a really messed up way. It's um, you know, the the woman who commits suicide is somebody who's struggled with mental health for you know a long time, so it's not a surprise necessarily. Um, to to look at the moment of of suicide and how it affects the people around it.
2: And the guilt of that relief, right? Because you've been, I mean, so worried about them for so long. Yeah. You know, and that that was one thing I really enjoyed about your film, too, is how different people react to grief. Um, One of my friends recently went to a funeral and she spoke of how one child was grieving mm-hmm. very visibly and the other one was like cracking jokes. And it's our human psyche just uh, absorbs things so differently. And I think you're right. Like there's so many different layers of it. It's not just sadness.
0: Yeah. And especially um, this uh, with suicide as well as to sort of give room to to the reaction of like relief and like great. F- gratitude that this is over, it's really effed up, you know, but I think a lot of people feel guilt about that, feel guilt about that they let their loved ones down, but also guilt of like this burden of having to be so worried and always taken care of. And it never goes away. And but, still
1: being sad, too. And still
2: being sad.
0: Yeah. It,
1: it's just, it's everything all at once. Yeah. It's all the colors. It's not just one thing or the other.
0: Yeah. It's not just like, oh, you know, it's so sad. My, you know, it, it it's, it's, it's messy and it's raw. And, and just like the physical things of, you know, having been up all night and, you know, having had way too much coffee and so you're jittery or like, um, or people who like eat so much when they when they grieve, like they keep eating. And anyways, um, but I wanted to explore it in that lens,
1: right? Because there there is like this judgment societally about how you're supposed to grieve, and mm-hmm. I think we all do it so differently. And it's literally a moment to moment thing. And that's another thing that I really liked about the film was that um, from each moment, if you've ever lost anyone close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, each moment is different. You can be completely fine and laughing one minute and then in complete, utter tears the yeah. next. And that's literally just how it is. Yeah. And so I thought that was very true to uh, to what gr- grief is, at least how I have experienced it.
0: Yeah. No, thanks. It's- yeah. And then it can also just be boring and you're just sort of like, <laughs> I've been sitting in a hospital all night and it's just so gross. So it sort of it came out of like several experiences all very similar to this. And, and our my director, Ryan Giederman, who's fantastic, he as well lost somebody um, to suicide. So it's something that we wanted to...
2: Um, to really dive into.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: And what about you, Daniel? Because yours is a documentary and it, it was so interesting to me. <laughs> and um, you can talk about the story too and why you felt like it needed to be told.
3: Yes. Uh, <laughs> Hola, Kitty. Um, I always want to make a documentary about immigration, at least a film, uh, but I but I didn't want to do anything, I don't know, square, uh, <laughs> or because it's so preachy. -hmm. Because it has a, because you know, like it's not a subject that uh, is not, I mean, have how many films? Like PBS does something every week. So if I found like, my thing was like, if I find a different uh, take, like something that I've never seen on immigration, then I would do it. So that's how it came about the costume characters in Times Square. Because. At first, I didn't honestly. I didn't uh, even know that a lot of them were immigrants and document. I just thought they were like when they started like come up like, at least when I started realizing them like let's say about uh, 2012, 2011. I thought they were really weird. <laughs> well, they
2: were when I moved to the city in 2008. There was like the naked cowboy, and that was it. Exactly. You know, there was no Elmo or Batman yeah. or Spider-Man in Times Square. Exactly. I yeah.
3: So actually, I was. I was in a shoot uh, uh, from with a Brazilian crew. I'm from Brazil, uh, but I've been here for ten years. Uh, so one friend of mine, one of the producers, said, oh, "Look at that! What is that?" It was I guess it was a really weird uh, costume of Woody, Woody. So I'm like, "Man, that's you know." And with the backdrop of Times Square, it just becomes more cinematic. Mm-hmm. So one day I was, I said, "I want to shoot those guys, just to have it like the visuals." And then I started talking to them, and I said, you know, some of them were, like, Hispanic, undocumented, and I, and I like the duality that, you know, they are there, like, in the middle of, like, Times Square, like, a mix, they don't even speak English. Uh, with a costume that, like, for example, Hello Kitty, that it's a Japanese costume. I'm like, man, that's, talk about globalization, <laughs> or you know I mean? Because Kitty, Hello Kitty, it's a Japanese uh, character. And this guy and this lady speak Spanish and all the names speak English, and it's in the U.S. Yeah. making money with that. So, so, you know, it just, I could, like, have to, like, blend in two things that are really important to me, like the social aspect with, like, pop culture. Uh, and you know uh, I just I wanted just to be like focus on one character so what happens that I spend like days and days and days with the person who works in Hello Kitty at least mm-hmm. one of the Hello Kitty because there's a bunch of them I chose like between like the this the was like she, the, the lady who worked in this costume she was very open mm-hmm. uh, and also her costume to be honest was really pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it was, it was, it was, it was yeah, costume. Yeah. yeah. And she because really
2: some it. of them are just like
1: exactly. I don't know. Like, did you did you make l-
2: this in a basement with a sewing machine? <laughs> <laughs> they definitely
1: made it in a basement with a sewing machine. For sure. um, yeah.
3: Yeah. So I thought like I, I would be on camera, so her was the best, and uh, so I spent days with her, uh, and pretty much what we see uh, in the voiceover. It's like a condensed version of days of conversation stuff that I could put in an arc, a narrative arc, and I thought it was interesting.
2: The way you used animation too, Leslie and I yeah. were both like, <laughs> it, it just it was so unique and and also like spoke of the story so strongly with her voiceover. I thought it was really really it powerful. Did.
1: It was that combination of being a. Uh, it, it it fit with the film in the sense that it has that combination of being beautiful but also subtle and powerful at the same time um, well it still left some to our imagination of right. what it would be like to be in
2: her shoes because sometimes I, I feel like as filmmakers when we get too literal with with what's actually happening the imagination can actually do way more for the audience yes. you know mm-hmm. um, and I, I thought that that. That your animation and your film did a nice job of that to Thanks. to make my imagination still kind of work. How did you find your animator? Yeah, I just want yeah, yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. no, be- give a shout out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's work beautiful. is beautiful. It
3: was a, a trio of, as you can see, like extremely talented guys: uh, Diogo Caliu, Paulo Passaro, uh, and Diego Coutinho. Uh, Diogo Caliu, which the uh, which did, which is a friend of mine. Um, I actually talked to him about it. Uh, he was in Brazil. He was he worked remotely. So because all that story about the coyotes and all like the crossing the border was something that the the lawyer actually told me about it uh, in an interview. Exactly how it worked. So when she when she told me about you know like the coyotes and I'm like man like the coyotes I can do like almost like a werewolf can be like very like cartoonish, mm-hmm. uh, and the work is gonna be you know like like with a face of like Hello Kitty so can do like something very visual with that so I talked to him and he said man like that's you know that's, that's pretty cool I want to do that and I'm like "Well, wow, but I don't have the money to do that it's like and he does a lot of like high profile gigs like uh, Mercedes Benz or whatever and he's like dude like I want to do something different I like the story and I also said you know we even gonna show like kind of Hello Kitty being raped and stuff and he's like oh yeah what do you think about it? And he's like, well, let's, let's, feel, let's feel like that. Like, you know, in the worst case scenario, we're going to get two, I guess. So it's going to be good for the film because it's going <laughs> to give a lot of publicity. So he's like, I want to do it. So yeah, so he, he got like these two guys that work with him that I just, and they just like went bananas with it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They did a great job. I, I love, um, we kind of mentioned it earlier, like all these stories show the messiness of life, like in their, in their own way and how complicated life is. And there's a lot going on in our industry right now, which is really exciting about bringing stories that haven't been told in the last, you know, 20 30 40 ever years forever uh forever forever. years forever Um, years so how are you as filmmakers like how is that inspiring you or getting you excited or like where is that kind of leading the next steps your next projects wherever wherever whoever wants whoever wants to go there's no (laughs) order
0: um I mean I, I think it's 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 kind of freeing right I mean it so especially, you know, with like the Me Too stuff, like for women, this this ain't new. <laughs> um, but suddenly, like, there's there's an opportunity to talk about it and to have that conversation. So, um, yeah, and stuff that I'm I'm writing and working on currently, it's um, it's just it's f- I think a, a feeling of freedom of I'm allowed to talk about this. I don't have to edit or I don't have to censor it or or um, cater to a specific male audience,
2: um, I don't know. Or even trying to sell a project. Or trying to sell, yeah, Like yeah. trying to think of it in that mindset, yeah. Yeah.
4: For sure. Yeah, I think it's been freeing for me, but it's also gotten me to think in other ways. Because when I started writing, I started writing for theater, and I wrote one-person shows for myself. So I mean, film was automatically more expansive than that, because not too many people make one-person films. Um, but then, now thinking okay so like women are getting more opportunities but like in my next piece who else can I maybe bring in um that you know has a different background or that maybe isn't heard as much and that's like more of a conversation in my head than it used to be um which is amazing yeah like having that awareness yeah yeah yeah
2: and and I always think of like it, it, it trickles down, right? Like, it, it's the awareness at the top, the top shows, the top movies, too. And, mm-hmm. and like, I think that's wonderful. What about, because documentary, it, do you just do documentary or do you do narrative, uh, actually too? Actually, my
3: next one will be uh, narrative. Narrative, great. Um, oh, great. I just hope I can raise the money. But, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. answering your question, it's, uh, I think not only uh, the You movement, I think that the whole political climate now it's let's say rich, yeah. uh, Michu and, and Women's March uh, and the DACA, all that for me personally it's uh, it's so hard now, and the and the upside of that is that it's it can get really creative, because it's so many like absurd informations and. S- s- Good stuff happening. So I think everything's changing so fast socially and politically that, at least for me, it's very inspiring to create.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it feels like it's just like rolling down a hill right and
3: now. And then Man. I
1: feel like, too, because part of the, the issue, or not issue, but um, lovely challenge of being an indie filmmaker is being able to have the funds that you need in order to create your work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have such a, a, a turbulent political... World, it kind of inspires more people to want to get involved as well. Just like it's inspiring you, it's inspiring other people who might not have otherwise been able to do that. So hopefully, that means more money coming to you and for your projects. Because I know that more people are willing to like your animators. Who he, yeah. he's like he, you know, you just said that you know he does has these big high-profile clients, and you told him up front like I can't I mm-hmm. can't do that. But because it's something that's important to him, it's something he wanted to be shown. Mm-hmm. He was willing to donate more of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that is possibly another upside of it too. Is mm-hmm. that we have that more people are going to be willing to donate their time because they feel like it's important. Well, yeah. and we
2: have a responsibility, right? Because stories change the world, and and if we can make people empathize with, you know, mm-hmm. the the people that are being affected by, specifically the U.S. government right now, then then what better way than to put them in someone's shoes, you know. Yeah,
0: no, I it, it another yeah, and, and that's another sort of interesting thing too that I think there's a great opportunity now of reevaluating the, the the way that we watch movies and reevaluating the way that we take in art, especially as a white person. Yeah. <laughs> um mm-hmm. to be honest of like of of actually having to um to face these sort of unconscious bias that you don't even know that you necessarily mm-hmm. have and mm-hmm. to, to realize that maybe you've been skating, skating on the surface of somebody's art and, and realizing you're missing so much that you're gonna have to stop and reinvest and, and like take your ego out of the equation, not like ego like this big monster, but just like this little voice about you, me, me, me. And just really engage with somebody else's perspective, and really just let go of yourself, and really just give yourself over to somebody else's story to to hear what they have to say and what their perspective is about the world. Um, like for example, I watched um, Spike Lee's uh, TV series um, *She's Got to Have It*, which is incredible. But watching that as a white person, like, not, there's. Unless I missed it, there's no white person in there who is like a redeemable or like a nice. They all do kind of shitty racist things. And so there's a part of my head that could go, well, hey, that's not me. You know, how dare you? (laughs) But if I just like, oh, that's how he sees the world. And oh, that's reflecting. I might do that.
2: Have you guys ever taken you know, those tests online? Like, yeah, the, the bias tests. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I've, done oh, no. I I've done it for no, both. I've done it for both genders afraid. and oh, yeah. and for skin color. And you, you're like, and you try really hard. You're like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna pick the you know like I'm gonna pick the women for this, and it, you go really fast, and it was so eye opening mm-hmm. to me, you know, and. I, I think you're right. it's like we all have to look at ourselves all of all of us yeah, all yeah. of us um, one thing that that um, I think is also something that also gets kind of shoved to the side is like people with disabilities and bringing them into making mm-hmm. art and being a part of, of our society in all different ways, shapes and forms too yeah
1: but yeah well um, we were talking earlier I briefly touched upon, Indie filmmaking in the sense of one of the beautiful challenges is being able to come up with with money um and uh Credit make cards. and increase yeah. <laughs> Credit card <laughs> debts, you know, um crowdfunding, <laughs> uh aunts and uncles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> generous benefactors. Yeah. Um why can't we go back to the days of that? Um <laughs> But, um, but, yeah, I was just kind of curious as to what your processes were like and what sorts of things. Um, was there anything that you had to kind of shift your mindset on in order to be able to create your 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 film because of budget restraints? Mm.
4: Yeah, I mean, I uh, so the last thing I had fundraised for prior to making the film was a play. And so I had my like database of emails from people who had donated. And I'm fiscally sponsored through Fractured Atlas. So basically, I contacted the people who had donated like a significant amount of money to the play and was like, hey, I'm making a film, put your money here. <laughs> and that's kind of how I gathered that. Um, I'm probably gonna be crowdfunding for my next project on a larger scale. But the real adjustment, because I was coming from making theater, was like, oh, film costs a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so working with like, a good pro producer to be like, okay, what actually costs more who's taking me for a ride like how much do we really need to budget for each thing yeah and we ended up being pretty smart about it so i had a good partner um but that was like the biggest thing that i had to account for mm. switching mediums yeah yeah the learning curve because i mean you don't have all this equipment yeah when you're making yeah. a play yeah um, like you don't have to play for the equipment kind
2: of comes with the theater right or w- the space yeah, so, yeah. you don't have so, to camera, yeah. and you don't yeah.
4: and you're not hiring crew on a day rate when yeah. you're doing a play yeah. you get you can give people a stipend and be like thank you for playing thank you so much and yeah. it's not it's time is money it's not quite so literal in that situation but for mm-hmm. a film like oh yeah it very much is um, can we shoot for a day less I don't know mm-hmm. um, so, like how
1: can we shorten the script what do we need
4: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Simple. How about you guys? What do you have any experiences budget wise and collecting money for your film?
3: Oh, it was very simple budget wise because uh, I had no budget, so <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> very I didn't have one.
3: <laughs> so pretty much, uh, I started like shooting with my 5D, uh, which I shot the whole thing with my 5D. Uh, the, the audio uh i had a, f- a couple of friends who has level years so sometimes I, if, if i would like do an interview and stuff i would borrow mm-hmm. the same goals for lighting uh, i had a producer how just the middle of he started like in the middle of the process and helped like with gear ramon Murillo. so he helped a little bit and i guess like my brother and like my mom and like a friend of mine they probably in the end like i guess i got like three thousand mm-hmm. like over the way, like to some rent and stuff, but yeah, it was pretty much it. Like I just used my computer to edit. I had an old computer and was heating up, so sometimes I had to like put a nice pick.
4: <laughs> <after>.
3: <laughs> so yeah, it was dirty dirty indie as I said
1: (laughs) do you you think that documentary lends itself a little more to being um, rougher around the edges as far as budget goes you can get away with more oh
3: definitely Uh, for sure like if you do narrative I mean listen uh, like for example like this narrative that it's like a 5 to 10 minutes short I want at least go like 25,000 I can just do for like a thousand for free Uh, I, I spend like a year and a half but yeah documentary you can just if you have a an okay camera and you have like, you know, some technical, like if you can mm-hmm. light a scene, if you can, uh, cause most, like a lot of the interviews, like I just grab like the the lavalier and I put the lavalier and I set up the light. So it's something mm-hmm. that you can do it. If you do that on narrative, like if you have a, if you have a concept that makes sense being low budget, then yes, maybe you can get away with it. But I would say like 95%, you need at least like some crew with, and at least some some money,
1: I yeah, guess. Yeah. Definitely.
3: How about and, you as well?
0: Yeah, for for us it was sort of like pooling resources. So I sort of brought to the table I went to um drama school in London, so I basically was like, hey, all my talented actor friends, I wrote this for you, you are in my film. You're welcome. You know, <laughs> yes. hey. I those favors. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan did the same, you know, he went to SUNY Purchase, so he knew um, really talented people who were working in the industry, who was just, we basically begged them. Um, and then we raised, we, we, we crowdfunded as well, um, maxed out some credit cards, um, I think, you know for. One thing that I think Ryan was saying is that um they went with a a less nice camera, and they just they spent the money on the glass, and it's the glass is what really the lenses is what makes it mm-hmm. look so nice. So they sort of. Uh, they knew where where to spend the money, where it counted. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't necessarily need this location, but we can make it look. And you know, there are things like I know we don't even have to worry about the lighting so much because I know we can, um, you know, fix it in the color grade. Or so having somebody who really understood the technical aspects of it, you know, helped enormously, and just you know. Uh, using your community, you know, because that's the thing that I found is I felt guilty, you know, asking my friends, you know, hey, would you show up at like 9.30 um, in uh, Washington Heights for an all-day shoot which you will be paid nothing for? No, no. <laughs> Um But, you know, if it's good material, um, people want to show up for you. And, um, and people got passionate about the project, um, which was really gratifying. We... Um, We had, uh, so we got our catering from Boston Market, Um, it was great, super cheap, Um, but we got an extra discount because um, our UPM gave a copy of the script and whoever her contact at Boston Market was, was really like moved by just the topic, so she was like, here, take an extra 10% off, so it's just, it's really like, I was like bowled over by that. so you just sort of, you find helping hands along the way. Well, people love
2: stories. I mean, I think yeah. there's a reason why so many, so much content is being made right now. Mm-hmm. If people, you know, they absorb the stories. I and think they,
4: people like to feel like they're helping. Yes. We oh, got a location yes. donated to our shoes. Like the main apartment that the film takes place in, we shot there for free. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy was someone I knew from like acting life, and he... Kind of crazy crazily was like yeah you can be in my apartment for four days <laughs> long days You know that,
2: that's long days for people to yeah. be out of their apartment and not you know yeah you can't be like talking on the phone no, in the next I room think- or anything you know you have to be out of your apartment you might yeah. have driven
4: him a little crazy but he was nice enough to give us that space for free because he wanted to feel like he was helping yeah
3: that's great. Yeah, that's, that's what I like, can point to, like, people like to be involved. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're going to do, like, one of the things that I've learned with this film is that if you start, like, if you wait too much, too long, and then in front of you, like, everything is in place, like, forget it. You're mm-hmm. not going to do anything. So if you're going to start, like, already, like, pitching the, the script or, my case, documentary that I can start shooting, along the way, you can find people that are like, oh, like, I've, I would like to be part of it. I, you can just give them like, a credit, like a... Executive producer, or whatever. I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't. I don't have any problems. to give me credit. So, people right. just want to be involved in something.
2: Yeah. How have you guys? So the, there's there's kind of this weird thing with short films. Um, they don't live anywhere. You know, they <laughs> they, they <laughs> kind <In> of. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how have you guys? Because I think that's something very daunting. Like, okay, I've made my film. I've submitted it to some festivals. like what what kind of like strategies have you guys used to either the festival circuit or like plans to how you're gonna get the story out to the public, I guess, I should say?
4: Well, I mean, for festivals, I had like a talk with my team about like, okay, what do we think our film is? um and then try to find festivals that kind of sort of match that. And like, had a list of we had to have, like have a list of a reason like why to apply to a festival I being like either that. it's in New York so we would it's our community or like we have a big like, 75% female crew and this is a women's film festival so maybe we have a shot things like that um and then try to be like somewhat strategic cuz you can blow thousands of dollars on easily festival <laughs> submissions if you really just let your fear drive you You could train. apply to
2: 10 festivals and spend thousands yeah. of
4: dollars. And then also just like trying to figure out like what is actually worthwhile. Yeah. Because like some festivals I mean I don't know how people feel about this, but there are like <laughs> online festivals And you don't know who's watching your film. And like, I mean, technically I could make an online festival and be like, you get a Laurel and you get a Laurel. You pay me $800 to submit your film. I mean, like, you know, Aww. And so just like looking out for that and being like, I don't know. I mean, like the statue looks really pretty, but like I don't know who's <laughs> gonna watch my film. So having some judgment there. Yeah. Well, and then what, it's online then. Yeah. Right? On, so then I. So. Yeah. Well, they don't, they don't even publish it online. That's oh, the weird really? thing. really? It's like rare. some nebulous committee of people. Okay. Because sometimes <laughs> I see people post like, I got a laurel from like this <laughs> festival, and they look I'm like, oh, maybe we should sit there and look at it. And it's like some people who are supposedly in the industry, I don't know what industry, and watch your film and give you some kind of award. You're like, cool. I mean, and of course the fees are astronomical for those things. It's like a whole... Yeah. So, you know, you just look at you're like, okay, who's actually going to show up and watch the film? Is it going to help you? Does it mean something to anyone? Or like, is the festival going to happen? Because we also tried to apply to festivals that weren't like in their first... Year, just so that we had some assurance that, that like, they were going to happen, and yeah. yeah, because like it's hard to run a festival, I'm sure. It's so, mm-hmm. like I want mm-hmm. some assurance the person knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. Not like they're not gonna be like, Sorry, everything's cancelled, yeah. <laughs> like
1: non refundable, but it's cancelled, but it's cancelled, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think like with short films, it's a little bit different. I mean, it depends on what you want to get out of it, right? Because like I mean, we applied for festivals and all that you know, stuff, um, and will eventually uh, get around to selling it on the internet. But I think for us, it was more like, let's just make a really dope calling card for us and everybody involved, because, you know, like I'm sure you guys have gotten this too, like a weird nebulous email of like, hi, I'm a distributor. I'm yep. super mm, interested in distributing yes. your short film. And I'm like,
4: where, where? Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: like what? So I, I'm, you know, I. I I think you sort of have to go into short filmmaking. Like you're not gonna make the money back unless it's. Oh yeah. It, it's really more. Uh, that's most films. It, as well. It's. Um, but I, it, that it's more that you're gonna have something to show for it at the end of it. And um, you guys, I mean, maybe feel this as well. If, um, I, you know started out as an actress, and everybody was, you know, and I started out doing uh, theater, uh, mostly theater, and people would be like, well, you can't do film, you have no film credits. And I was like, boom, made one. Yeah, yeah, like, like, what do I have now? Isn't yes.
2: that funny, that, that people <laughs> think that if you haven't done it, you can't do it? And oh, it's no, like, it's so no, I can't, and, and we find that across the board in, um, in different roles too, like yeah. costumers or designers, and it, people, it's like, well, you haven't done that before, you can't do it, and it's like, well, I have the skill set to, yeah. you know, and it's it's interesting, it's, but uh, I understand why because they to put money in you, they they need to know you can, but yeah, it's, kind it's of a something. Funny,
0: uh, Ryan, uh, the director for Marta, always says uh, it's uh, it's a protectionist industry, and everybody wants to tell you. Why you can't do it or you shouldn't do it? Even people who are well-meaning will say, "Oh, it's so hard. Why would you? You know, you don't know what you're doing. Why?" And you just have to just sort of say, "No." I'm done.
2: Does anybody know? No, like, nobody knows. Like, I mean, it's right. It's, I mean, I think people on big sets sometimes show up and they're like, "I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna." Tell them to do this, and yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. and we figure it out together, and
0: (laughs) yeah, and then once
3: you've done it, it's
0: funny, like, before I had done this process, I hadn't really made my own films, I'd been on set for, as an actor, Um, but now I meet people, and they're like, oh my god, you made a film, it must have been so hard, and secretly, I'm like, ah, no, I mean, (laughs) I mean, it was tough, like, it's tough, but like, it's so doable, yeah. So yeah, it's just malarkey when people tell you you can't do it. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> where people will like do a subtle sabotage where it's not so much you can't do it, but like it's not going to go anywhere, so don't spend that much money yeah. on it. Oh so, yeah, I mean, the um, subtle, yeah, the subtle the parent the, judgment. Uh, yeah. yeah type
1: thing. Like not necessarily that my parents do that, but that like idea of like of uh, the arbitrary well. Are you going to major in that cuz you're not going to make any money? Like it's the same kind of yeah, like, like I thought thought got friends process. being like,
4: "I shot my thing on an iPhone, so you can do that for your film." Like, no. <laughs> I <laughs> want it to be like a calling card for me. So, I'm going to have it be I'm going to have someone who knows cameras better than me as a screenwriter. And have them tell me what's going to make the film look nice. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, you know, people were like, are you sure? Because I made my web series, I'm like, well, that's not a web series. It's a film. Yeah. We're <laughs> going to spend <laughs> yeah.
2: actual and, money on it. And there's something to be said about spending time finding people to collaborate with mm-hmm. and spending time on the quality of... Of something, yeah. Because
4: you, know? you don't have a short film that you're proud of. You want people to actually see. Why did you make the short film? Because mm-hmm. she's right. You're not going to make the money back. No one <laughs> is like, I'm taking this short film to the bank and moving to Monaco. Like no one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it has to be good. Otherwise, yeah. why are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Do you yeah, have any thoughts sure. on on any of
1: this? You're just like, mm. yes.
3: No, I mean, I <laughs> I agree. I think that you know, like, uh, your question about how to watch uh how it's gonna be fine a public uh short film if you ask like five years ago it would be like totally different answer mm. uh, because things change like really rapidly so now you have you know uh for example film freeway or now it's way easier you have more festivals mm-hmm. uh and it's way easier to submit your film i mean not not too long ago you have to actually burn a dvd and send it to the festival you know uh mm. so it was uh not so practical to do that and now you have a whole you have websites like uh short of the week you have now like uh uh, channels that are like just like because now you have a lot of niche with the internet Mm -hmm. and you have like little channels on the on on cable and like especially on the internet like now you have for example like brooklyn on demand my film is going to be on Brooklyn on demand like like a couple of weeks uh, like after like katra so now you have niches that people who like short film like i do mm-hmm. i can watch it and easy to submit more festivals so i guess he has a now he has more i want i guess he has more public just because just because he it has it's easier to access yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know the films and has more events whatever like rooftop Qatar. So I think that it has more of a market. But, yeah, but it's not like going to make any money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, like, it's like people will see it. It won't, nest, it won't make money. But people can <laughs> but see it But it's an now. investment in
2: your future. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is an investment. It's still like... And
1: it does, it does pay you back.
2: It's just... Uh, it's, it's not monetarily. Not, yeah, and the truth is that... Well, if, it's not... Si- you know, it's not specific. Directly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not the, like indirect. And the
3: truth is yeah. that if you... if you you, you. you know, if you went to... If you start like a, a career in film because you want to make money, then... (laughs) You <laughs> weren't anyway, so <laughs> like <laughs> what about,
2: start a new career. So um uh, because we're working with low budgets and favors, what were were there any hiccups that you guys had yeah. during <laughs> shooting? How did you overcome those struggles? Like any quick solutions to things? Any funny
1: There's the a the lot scenes? of laughing from Isabel, now, so Isabel. I feel like <laughs> she has a story here and I really want to know what it is.
0: Um okay, so uh Ryan, the director, and I scouted almost every location except for one. Ooh, oh boy, do we wish we had scouted this one location. (laughs) (laughs) So we needed basically like a fancy office space um, to film in. Um, And uh, so our, our UPM had found, through a contact, what supposedly was a beautiful office space in Hoboken. like okay so we finished filming some exteriors in the morning and then uh we were like okay we're gonna have a long dinner break and then we'll all meet in hoboken and we'll we'll film like through the night until like you know one or two so i show up ryan has the gear in a car in traffic coming to hoboken we get in, and it's this, like, empty white room with, like, an Ikea
4: desk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, like, white rooms don't look good on camera, just mm, for people that don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's gross. It was, like, meant to have, like, stunning view of the city. It, like, oh, the, no. It looked out on a brick wall. Um so we're waiting there, and we're like, this is not the, is this the real, this is not the real place. So um, Ryan, of course, was furious and he was stuck in traffic, so that just ramped him up. So he was like screaming at this guy and, you know, we were there waiting for like a couple hours trying to figure out what we were going to do, because um, we had got our camera rental through like on a weekend rate. So if we didn't film that weekend, we were going to be out like an extra couple grand. So we're like, ah! Um while we were waiting there, like we tried to find the bathroom, and the guy was like oh i didn 't know you wanted to use the bathrooms as well that 's an extra like three hundred dollars if you want
2: isn't that like humans have to use restrooms yeah, isn 't that kind of a given
0: so we we're like crazy we can 't film here. <laughs> we had already had like our food delivered we like let most of the crew go, and so we had this like really sad dinner in a parking lot in a hobo game. <laughs> And then, as we're like having this dinner, like we got some beers, and we we're just like, "All right, just we'll figure it out." These two young ladies come up, and this is like nine, ten o'clock at night. These two young ladies come up, and they're like definitely drunk, and they're like, "Hey, we're looking for this. Year. is this the thing?" And they're like, "Oh, we're going to film a porn scene." Like, so it was a porno studio that we had somehow happened to <laughs> yes, that is the best story oh, I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so then, like, the next day, Ryan and I scrambled, and we basically, we found a hotel room, and we were like, yep, this, could, this we can dress work. this yes. as a, so we had to sort of, like, sneak in, but yeah, that was like,
2: oh, gosh. <laughs> I love that you, I, the imagery of you guys sitting out in a parking lot with, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drinking and, beer and, and then riding, yeah, and with, with the
0: Boston Market, it was with two just, porn,
2: porn, two porn, I don't know if, if they're not stars, maybe they're, they're stars. They're just like they're
0: like you know normal looking know, girls. Yeah, and like we're looking for it, and we're like, oh god, we were just there.
1: We're <laughs> like, wow. must take shower. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's like only in Hoboken, I guess. But, I but it all
1: worked out. It did. It, it all, all worked, worked out. out. It all. It was for the best. We found a much better place. Great. Obviously, amazing. Great. Does anybody else have any fun? Um, stories. I mean, I hope for your sake maybe you don't, but...
4: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. nothing to top that. All I'll say is um, if you're shooting in a location with pets, watch that. Because someone has to clean up after the pets. And um, someone on our team had to do that. Um, We did not anticipate that. That's not a fun job for anyone on your crew to have. (laughs) Um, Especially if you're not paying them much or at all, and you're like... So, like, if there's (laughs) any animal that could be leaving... Gifts for you around that <laughs> Like just make sure they're like Oh wait That's fun I'll say about that um, Yeah Because that was an interesting thing to deal with I don't want to say any more about it But it's um. <laughs> a so good, good
2: little hiccup Good little hiccup story Yeah, yeah. And
4: then um, Yeah I guess the other thing is like If you're planning on like If you have location shifts Like make sure That the, the Uber on your phone works Oh
1: mm. Yeah Preparation is key. To yeah, any phone making. we we
4: we manage it. Um, <laughs> we we are we got the Uber to work, but it was just one of those things. It's like, oh right, okay. Um, so like, that's like a five minute hiccup, but just like make sure that you're there, and you've got it.
3: <laughs> Did had, you have any fun things? Yeah, I had a it has a sequence that uh, different workers uh, use the Hello Kitty head, mm-hmm. and uh, we had like a I mean, it was me and like. A, with one of the producers, and um, he had this van and said, okay, we have like 150 bucks so we can get like to ask people to use their head for like like labor work because that's like a metaphor of what would be the, the Mexican workers. So like working in a taco truck, working like delivery delivering food and all that. The delivery one was ex- extremely hard actually because he we put like a GoPro in his van and I was with a monopod on the street. To get like some different shots, mm-hmm. so I talked to this guy <clears throat> next to the bodega. I said, uh, "Jason, I have like 40 bucks. You just have to put their head and just like walk like the, down the block, like with your bicycle, and we're gonna shoot. It's like 40 bucks, like an hour tops, whenever you're free." It's like, yeah, sure. But it was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty hard because the head is too big and it's too like claustrophobic. You can see. Because the the eyes are, like, here. And he was with the bicycle. And, like, the head would be like that. Oh, yeah. And it would be, like, look weird. And i like, dude, like, you have to keep straight. And he's like, I'm trying. But the head just keeps falling. And, and you're
2: in Times Square. with No, like, that, that, oh. that was on,
3: on, 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 uh, on Brooklyn. Oh, in Brooklyn. Okay.
2: So, okay.
3: but he really tried. And, uh, but still,
2: it's New York City, Brooklyn Yeah, traffic so he was in the and, middle of the street yeah. with the
3: bicycle. He couldn't see anything. No. Uh, so... <laughs> I so uh, one time like I I jump on the on the on the van and I was you know we were like he was just like trying to follow the van because the camera the, the GoPro was behind the, and he just took a wrong turn and he disappeared and I was sure he was he was dead because <laughs> because I, because after, like, he disappeared, because a lot of times he got, like, super close, for, of cars and he didn't know about it, and I'm like, oh, Ooh. right, left, right. And you're
2: like, I gave this guy 40 bucks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like,
3: <he's not laughs> and, and after he disappeared, I just heard, like, a lot of, like, sirens, and I'm like, okay. Oh,
2: no,
3: He's no. dead. I'm going to be, you know, newspaper, like, tomorrow, that's it. So after a while, I found him, like, all sweaty with the mask, and, like... I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, sure, sorry, but maybe we gonna to have to do one more. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm gonna go back to the to the grocery store. I'm like, okay, man, thanks. <laughs> you're like, we understand. We understand. Yeah. So really
2: grateful. Well, great, you guys. It was so nice to talk to you. Yeah, can you let people know where online they can find you, and and your film, yeah, or what well, your film's probably not available. We, yeah, just yet. social media or if you're on Twitter, Facebook. We'll post it all if you don't remember your handles or anything. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It, just plug yourself in and your work. And we'll also
2: post stuff about the Katra film series. Don't forget to check it out on yes.
1: February 6th. Yeah.
4: All right. Um, yeah, I,
1: you you
4: were you nominated first. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> i first. Okay, so you can find me online at adrianajones.net. And for the film, you can't find the whole film online, but you can find information either at appreceptionproductions.com or... Um, my partner, Simone Kishel, who I've mentioned by now, she's amazing, she directed it. Um, her production company, MagicDogProductions.net. And on Twitter, I'm Adriana underscore KJ. Right, magical. Um, on Twitter, I think I'm at Isabel Ellison. Simple.
0: We'll, we'll post right, we'll, it. We'll uh, post it, so if it's um, wrong, as long, then long as we'll fix we know it. you're on Twitter. Yeah. And, and you so can okay. find me at um, isabelellison.com done awesome.
3: easy awesome. <laughs> yeah i guess like my website now I, i'm trying to like take it off and put it in because it's a little dark. so I guess like, at Dan Birdie which is my Instagram but yeah I guess we're just gonna put like the magic letter
1: yes it, we will <laughs> we will do that for you <laughs> awesome yes.
2: thank you guys again yes thank so thanks for having us, us. and uh, don't forget to check out the Katra film series on February 6th all of these films are in the grand finale and good luck you guys yeah thank, thank you. you so thank much you.
1: thanks for listening thank and you. watching yeah <laughs> <laughs> I <used> to that watching <laughs> yeah but watching part.